cliffcentral.com Yenafuna hamba kongo Hey what's up everybody Umaraza Law A.K.A. Mr. Kwan A.K.A. P.L.I.N.T. And you're listening to the Unplugged Radio Show 12 to 1 p.m. every single Thursday on Cliff Central It's too short like me Yeah! Another one of those lovely, lovely days. It is cliffcentral.com and this is the Unplugged and In Charge Radio Show. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Thank you for downloading the podcast if that's what you're doing right now. It's been an absolute great, great day. And yet again, another one. Another one of those short hours. I normally like to call it the shortest hour in the week. Now, my name is Weza. Weza Matumane. Weza that guy. And I'm going to be with you right here today. We're going to be chatting about a couple of things. Now, I've got some really, really great things lined up for you. One of the things is I've got a gentleman right here who says that uh, he uh, actually has a book. The book is entitled, I Hate Woman Empowerment. Hmm. He hates woman empowerment. What are we going to get to hear from him? He's here in studio. I see all the producers are looking at him like, say what? Nigga, say what? <laughs> We're going to hear from him in a short little while. But of course, other than that, we always have to, you know, share a thing or two when it comes to just motivation or maybe just uh, whether it's motivation or inspiration or even just, you know, getting you in the right track and getting you in the right mood for, for the year and, and just for the week. I don't know how your week was. My week, if I'm trying to think about it, was uh, pretty productive. I normally try to have really productive weeks, try to do a lot. Uh, I've been plotting, scheming, and planning uh, how to expand on my business. And sometimes just going to the, those free seminars, you know, go, going there, sometimes you can expand your mind. It just expand how you think as well. So that's what I did. And it, it really, really did something for me. So it was one of these suits and sneakers type of places. And, uh, you know, the, the talk was, was based on a couple of things. Um, the, the, I think the, heading was that money is um, or, or actually what you should charge is a feeling rather than an actual price and um, and but it went into deep detail about all sorts of things about how the future is going to look like and if you're trying to bring out a product you should also be considering what type of uh, target market you're going for I mean the South African market is um, slightly in the emerging market and in the emerging market people think differently to you know people are in other types of um, communities or in other countries as well so it was was really cool stuff so yeah that's where my my mind was at this week i was just expanding growing trying to see what more i could do and what more i could learn and try to also just you know mix with the right type of people so uh, i was actually checking something out right here it says the 25 successful pe- uh, uh, it, it's um now 25 successful people's thoughts on the power of passion Pretty interesting. So what do they have to say about passion itself? So now, I mean, um, um, everybody knows that, I mean, the traditional thing is to just find a job, any job, uh, and just try and do the best you can and try to make a, a lot of money so that one day you can afford to live the life that you always wanted to live and do the things that you always wanted to do. It makes me think of a certain parable when someone was saying... Um, Here's, here's what a businessman was telling to, to a fisherman. They, they were, the two of them were on a tiny boat and he, the, the businessman said, uh, yeah, man, how, how's your day going? It's like, no, man, it's doing very, very well. You know, I love what I'm doing. And he was, you know, just sitting on a tiny boat fishing. Then the businessman said, you know what you should do? You should, um, fish, 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 sell all the fish and then buy a bigger boat. It's like, oh, 
Why would I do that? So that when when you have a bigger boat, you can you know get more fish. Then you can d- go deeper into the sea, fish, fish, fish for bigger fish, and then you buy an even bigger boat. And then once you have you know a really big boat, you can have so much money that you can buy two, three boats. Eventually, you'd sell all those, buy a big yacht, and then you could, you're gonna make a new business with a lot of people. In the you know in this yacht and and everyone is now busy buying uh, um, you know tickets to come to your to your to this lovely holiday type of thing and you'd have a lot of money. It's like and why would I want to do that? So that you can have so much money that you can get to do the things that you always wanted to do. He said, but I already told you I love what I'm doing, and that's actually something pretty interesting. Sometimes we get so stuck in trying to make as much money as possible, where we forget you know the things that we love doing and and we forget why we even started doing what we're doing in the first place. And that's actually something pretty interesting. So let's have a look at what some of the really, really successful people had to say about passion and, and, and you know, going after the things you like. Napoleon Hill did extensive research on, on the world's richest men in history. Um, their stories varied, but the common commitment was that all of them had uh, a constant vision and they all really had, uh, you know, a set, um, set of principles that they were sticking to. And um, Hill said, um, do what you love or else you will lack the energy to become truly successful. No man can succeed in a line of endeavor which he does not like. That's what he wrote. So, um, and, and this this is actually just the first one. The second is from uh, Mia Ham, who wrote, uh, "If you don't love what you do, you don't do it with much conviction or passion." Uh, Rebecca West said, "It's the soul's duty to be loyal to its own desires. It must abandon itself to its master passion." I, uh, Albert Einstein probably said it the best. Uh, he said, "I have no special talents." Imagine Albert Einstein saying, no, me, no, I have no special talents. I'm only passionately curious. Imagine a great mind like like that now crediting passion as a catalyst to his success. So passion is actually that important that you find this thing that you're passionate about and then you go and you pursue it as best as you can. The thing with passion is that you cannot, you, 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 you can't fake it at all. I mean, passion is the one thing that you can't fake no matter how hard you you're trying it's really that important that you know you find what you're passionate about and then you go after it with all your might small koozies is uh, with me right here in studio he's on the left hand side small how you doing bro i'm doing great man and how are you Ah, fantastic man so um, i'm still chatting about these things you know um you know 25 successful people we might not mention all of them but um here's the next one and i want to hear what you have to say about this one so um um t.s Eliot says it's obvious uh that we can no uh, no uh, more explain a passion to a person who has never experienced it than we can explain light to someone who's blind wow that's powerful that's very mm. deep yeah that's very deep and i think um Look, having said that, that's very deep. Look, I'm trying to analyze and think about what you said. Yeah, to like me. for instance, on, on the spot. imagine, imagine, let's say you have parents who, who, for their whole lives, they never did anything that they were passionate about. They just went out, they got a job, and they went stuck in there for 25 to 30 years, or maybe even 40 years. So they don't know a life other than go out, go work. Work is called work. It's not fun. Don't come out here telling me, no, I don't like it because I don't, I don't enjoy it. Hey, Baba, you're here to work, make the money, come back home and that's where life is you know what i mean now you have to explain to someone like that that no look i'm passionate about this thing let me go after it i'm sure there's a lot of arguments that end up happening in those type of households 
That's very true. And I think it's a very unfortunate that if, if someone gets, um, um, you know, um, sidetracked or blocked to see things that are further beyond than what they are doing. And I think uh, we all deserve to actually um, pursue our passion in life and be able to expand our minds and, and to pursue things that we've never been able to be ex- um, ex- be exposed to. Mm-hmm. It's that important, really. The next one right here says, um, have a vision. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. That was said by Harriet Tubman. Pretty cool. That was number seven. In number eight, we've got uh, Deepak Chorpa saying, yes, in all my research, the greatest leaders looked inward and were able to tell a good story with authenticity and passion. So authenticity, passion, these things really just come up with a lot of people who have achieved really great things. And I think what, what we can take from these people is that, you know, having the vision is important and also trying to, uh, trying to explain it sometimes might actually be useless if you, you're trying to explain it to someone who's never been passionate about anything before. And those type of people only Respond when they see the results That means the money yeah, I mean, If you can't show them money then it's pretty tough But I mean interesting thing about money Though is that it's not really about the money Sometimes when you're so passionate about what you do It's not really always just about The money alone uh, Rich, um, uh, Richard St. John said um, uh, I mean he researched um, The lessons of success and wrote the Best seller um, that is called the eight traits successful people have in common uh, And he put it this way Do what successful people do And follow your heart, not your wallet In the end, your wallet will be Happy you did <laughs> And Bob Dylan says, what's money? A man is a success If he gets up in the morning And goes to bed at night And in between, does what he wants Isn't that what we all want to do? You want to get up in the morning and sleep at night and in between you do what you want to do as much as you want to do it with whoever you want to do it with without any concern or worry, you know, while you're doing that thing that you're doing, whatever it is. Yeah, there's a lot of people that actually wish to be like that because, mm. I mean, um, there's a very growing trend amongst people who are going to work and they're not passionate about their work. They're just doing it because other person went to school qualified and were fortunate to get a job. Mm. And, you know, to be able to be free and do what you want and actually do it and don't feel like you're working, you know, it's, mm. it's, you know, it's a, it's a privilege. Yeah. But I mean, then the other question is, how do you know you found your passion? How do you, how would you know? Okay, this is it. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm going to do forever. Uh, here's an interesting statement. It says, ask yourself this. Would you do it for free? If your answer is yes, then you probably found it. But if you sing, I not for free, I know, then maybe that's not quite it. You know, maybe they, you, you might have something else as well. Vincent van Gogh, uh, van Gogh. So people say, I, I was in an African school, so it was Vincent van Gogh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> van Gogh sounds a little easy on the tongue. He, he said, uh, I mean, with Vincent, uh, with him, Vincent was rather extreme, uh, extreme when he said, I would rather die of passion than of boredom. Are you bored at where you're working? You know, some, sometimes people feel like that. I would rather die of passion, doing the things that I love to do for as long as I wanted to do them than die of boredom. I literally just, I was boring myself the entire time and all of a sudden I was in a car accident and I never quite lived that life. I was just bored my entire life, just bored and bored and bored. And, and what about you, bro? Are you, I mean, you studied something totally different from what you're doing right now. Why did you study what you studied? 
I studied what I studied because First of all, I was, tell us what you studied I studied um, IR, which is international relations Yeah And, um, you know, I pursued it because I really liked, um, you know, international affairs, politics mm. and all of that So when I got to um, university, I wanted to pursue that Yeah. Uh, but you find that, funny enough, I never saw it coming Because mm. I graduated um, with a degree and I did my honors I graduated my honors and then Within the space of my degree and my honors year, I found my, you know, interests within the media and entertainment space. Here and then I began to discover certain passions that I have within it. And then for some reason, I switched up and then I followed my passion. And I'm very passionate about what I'm doing. Yeah. Not that I was not Look passionate about you. my first choice, but, you know, um, what I'm currently doing within the media space, which is actually quite versatile, um, you know, from events to being on radio, being on production, whatever it is, um, you know, I'm passionate about it and I'm actually happy with it, um, you know. So for me, I think I, I just went with my passion and my love and I'm happy with what I'm doing. Mm. Yeah. Jeez, I can imagine like the first day you got home after you've acquired your degree and your honors <laughs> at the University of Pretoria. Then you get home and you're like, Mom, I have decided I'm not going into international relations. And this was a response. <laughs> Everyone just stood there like, oh my goodness. after that, and then, when I, <laughs> how the, what? I can't, I mean, you had first year to say no. You had second year to say no. You had third year to say no. You had honors. And yeah, then yeah. after that, but, you're like, but let me, let me, let me actually add more details so that I understand how the switch yeah, up made. It's not right. like I just decided I woke up one day and I said, no, I don't want to pursue IR anymore. Mm. Um, look, when I wanted to go further and study my masters, and some, for some reason, my funding didn't come together on the year whereby I was supposed to start. So I had to actually, you know, take a kind of a gap year. And, um, firstly, my thought was to actually try and put some kind of, uh, master's proposal of some sort within my field of study. But I decided to actually do something within entertainment, which was radio. It was a magazine. I was doing some student magazine and I just found myself going into the entertainment media industry indirectly. And in doing things that kept me busy in the year that I was supposed to study, I began to find passion within this field. I decided to pursue it. By the time that I needed to decide whether to study in the following year, I had to establish myself so much within the media space. I said to myself, you know what? I actually love this. Let me just take a chance. Let me pursue it. You know, so that is how the switch up made. And, it, and, you know, obviously with more detail that I just added, it makes a bit more sense why I decided not to go into a full time nine to five within international relations. Wow. Okay. Well, that that's totally different. Okay. Now, at least you you've pretty much put a bit of a picture there. But yeah. now, tell me, are you the only one at home pursuing passion? Because sometimes people think that, you know, uh, at least if someone else is also doing it, it's easier because you know maybe parents understand. What 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 if? In my case, I'm the only one that's trying to do something different. Everyone else is, you know, all the other kids are like, exam, ex, you know, great examples. And I'm out here saying, no, 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 I want to just, I, I'll catch up, guys. I'm just going this way. Like, no, 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 don't worry. I'll, I'll catch up. <laughs> I just want to take a different road. So in your case, how was it? Um, I'm not the only one that's pursuing my passion because I think my other siblings, um, I've got two older sisters. They're doing what they love. 
Uh, one of them is in within the biotechnology uh, space and field. That one is a teacher, and she's passionate about t- uh, teaching kids. And it's, I mean, being a teacher, it does. It's something that when you do it, um, you have to have a passion for it. You have to have the patience. You have to have the, you know, the the zeal to actually teach kids. So uh, within my family, I think we're all pursuing what we are passionate about, and we're all happy because I've never heard none of my siblings saying, "Yo, I'm doing a, a job and I hate it." Or mm. I'm doing it just because I have to and I have to have, earn a salary at the end of the month. So I think, yeah, I mean, with, I'm within a family that everybody's pursuing the, what they're passionate about. Mm. Yep. Which is pretty cool. That That's actually the, the way life is supposed to be. You know, everyone should also get the freedom to do what they want to do. Because, I mean, as, as people, we are all different and we all have different ambitions. But the challenge sometimes is just getting boxed in and everyone just wants to channel you in only one direction. And they say, oh, my kids will be engineers. End of story. <laughs> yeah. And I think also another thing for myself, one thing that actually pushed me to actually pursue my passion is because I think when I started going into the media space and within the gap year that I took, I found that obviously I had business interests and I decided to actually try and pursue business at the same time as much as I was in the media space. So mm. I find myself being able to control my own time, do my own things, you know, be able to be versatile and to actually test my talents that I never thought I had. Yeah. So I think um, that's where the passion actually grew up even more. And I thought to myself, yo, what if I had actually just studied, graduated and went to a nine to five and not be able to pursue all these other things? Mm. So I think in, 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 in within the midst of the media and entertainment, I find passion within the other interests that I never thought. And I found my talents actually. And I thought, you know what? I'm actually good at what I'm doing. Mm. So this is where I'm at and I'm pursuing and I'm still trying to get better and to learn new things. Yeah. I may, I'm a, I must tell you that, uh, I mean, being a, a person that is more or less doing pretty much the same, just uh, living life on your terms, that there's nothing more beautiful than just waking up on your own terms when you want to wake up and pushing as hard as you want to push and uh and the interesting thing is people think that you maybe you'll get idle when you do that because you don't have a boss um you know barking over you but in in truth you become the boss the the you know and you become the boss over your life and you realize that you're constantly thinking about your business and and constantly thinking about uh, you uh, i said to someone you constantly mind your own business (laughs) because that's literally what it is you you focus on uh, ways to 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 make certain processes better. You're always thinking about things. Even when I'm having dinner, um, I, I I had a great idea while I was having dinner last night. I was like, whoa, great idea. Sent these people an email, and this morning they called, and now things are moving. You know what I mean? And that's actually the beauty of of you know just taking life into your own hands. Sometimes because of uh, the fear of of um, you know um, security versus um, you know instability, we we are quick to commit ourselves. To something that is maybe long term It feels like a 95 but it's at least Guaranteed but actually What I thought is that people Thrive off of people who are Fearful of the future And that's 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 why my company Can exist because people are scared To do things on their own The, my, the, the truth is some of the things That maybe I employ Someone to do that person could do on their own They could have a company that pushes That stuff on their own but they're too scared To do that because they're thinking Where will my you know Basic come from what if I don't have customers this month So one person who's willing to take That risk is the one that is willing also to take the reward that comes from being the boss. But, um, you, you, so, so the risk comes with the reward, but obviously it is a risk still. And if you want to tiptoe through life without taking the risks, then you'll never be who you want to be if that is what you want it to be. Unless you always just want it to be, you know, the, the average Joe's played safe, 
climb the corporate ladder in the safest way possible, never quite making your own, just making someone else's bigger. Then that you know that then that's the life for you. But honestly, people like you then if that is you we love you because because you make us rich <laughs> you know uh robert kiyosaki said you know uh, he's a he was a c student and uh he would just make a business and get a bunch of a students to do you know to run his business for him get a bunch of smart guys to push your business for you because they're too scared to do it themselves and that's how he made money yeah that's that's very powerful and i think one thing that i can mention is that um you know um when you talk about risks I don't know if I'll be correct if I said that you need to make calculated risks. Because mm. sometimes, you know, when people always talk about, you know, you just quit your job and go follow your passion. You know, obviously some people ask themselves those questions. But then if I quit, where will I be able to sustain myself? Where will mm. my next income? How will I be able to buy bread and put on the table? But I think, yo, if you're, I mean, in, in a space whereby, you know, you're in a job and you, you cannot move. And you find yourself, you know, you cannot pursue a passion or you've been doing a job and you find yourself, you know, what, you want to pursue something else. I think it's important to be able to even as yourself to be able to create a space whereby um, within making sure that you perfect your job, your current job or your current occupation, you are able in extra hours to be able to pursue what you want to pursue. If it's something that you're passionate about, go for it. Because at the end of the day, yo, it's not it's not going to come to you in a silver platter. Yeah. Look, I, I also uh, encourage people to have their backyard garden. What I mean by that is you can tell people and say, hey, you know what? One day I'm going to stop shopping at, at, at spa for my for my veggies. And they would laugh at you and say, what? Come on, man. We all depend on spa. And, and you know, just take it easy, go to your backyard and, you know, start your garden. It might take some time. It's not going to happen overnight. And in the process, while you're still growing the garden, now shop at spa because, I mean, that's all you can do at that particular time. You know, so do your nine to five because that's all you can do at that particular time. Don't cut your life lines, you know, grow the, the garden slowly. Don't. Don't, uh, let's say for instance, you just cultivated the soil and then you quit your job because you, because you're thinking, yes, I finally have a farm. No, man, you don't have a farm. You just have some, some, uh, you know, uh, some, some soil that, that is slightly uh, worked on at the moment. And, you know, all the time also people will, will also criticize this little project that you're trying to do. It's like, ah, oh, man, come on, just focus on spa. What is this thing? Like, how, how, how far do you really think you're going to go? Because a week after you cultivated your garden, guess how it looks like? Pretty much like last week. Nothing has shown up yet. You know, three weeks down the line, okay, maybe there's slight progress. You're seeing things there, but you're not even sure if that's actually your stuff or if that's the grass growing back. So it, it takes time. But you know what? Three months down the line, Hey, now people can actually start respecting you. They seeing this thing of yours starting to move, but still yet people think, well, I mean, nothing is ripe yet. You never know. I mean, the sun could beat it down. The drought could come, but let, uh, like, let time go by. You know what will happen? Well, maybe a year down the line or maybe a couple of months down the line, the neighbors will come to your house knocking and saying, Hey man, um, Hey, uh, spa is a little expensive, man, but I saw you got some mealies there. How much for a mealie? <laughs> now they want to come, you know, now people want to 
participate now wanna people want to be part of your thing now but it, it it doesn't come overnight it 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 really takes time sometimes you might have to take the ridicule that comes with it in the beginning but over time you'll get somewhere all right cool so we might not be able to share all 25 of these uh, powerful thoughts around passion and so on so what I'll do instead is I'll I'll share it on social media on on the Facebook page that's Wezama Tomani on Facebook and I'll share it on Twitter as well that at Weza that guy right now though we had uh, a throw forward for you we just said that we're going to be speaking to a gentleman that is talking about a controversial subject well the book seems controversial and uh, maybe it's actually important that we actually you know uh, address this in the right manner so maybe actually this is how we're supposed to do this Breaking news. We have a gentleman here that's got a book that says, I hate women empowerment. This is really controversial. This might just make him one of the men that will die today. He might not actually get to walk out of Cliff Central alive. I already saw some producers outside, a couple of ladies saying, you know what? We have our sleeves rolled up for this gentleman right here and we might do something to him. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you are ready because here he is. Are you ready? Three, two, one. This is CliffCentral.com. So I'm talking to Carabo. Is it, it's Carabo Madia. Madia. How are you doing, Carabo? I'm great in yourself. Man. I'm fantastic, man. So Thank you. the interesting thing here is that you got a book that says, I hate woman empowerment. Yes, sir. Interesting. Um, Garabo, if you just face the mic exactly, exactly, I want them to hear you. Then you're not making excuses here saying, <laughs> no, no, you see, the mic was t- taking me out of context. That's not what I said. I want you to be absolutely clear. So just a, a bit of background on Karabo. Karabo Madia is an ordinary township boy from Atridgeville, right there. It's a township close to Pretoria, uh, who has now decided to continue to contribute to our country and, con- uh, 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 and, uh, and continent with knowledge and sound advice for Woman concerning empowerment. Ah, interesting. He has uh, uh, broken uh, um, territories many men are not willing to speak about. He has uh, voiced out loudly his ideas uh, on uh, women em- emp- and especially women empowerment without the fear of being labeled uh, a defamatory or sexist. Uh, he speaks on many um, dimensions concerning women empowerment from history, religion, marriage, and relationships. Mm, interesting, man. Manier. How old are you, sir? I, my brother. <laughs> You're old enough. I'm old enough. You're in your twenties. I'm in my twenties. That's that's normally how you must answer these questions. I'm twenty ton ton. Yes, yes. You know, thirteen ton ton, twenty ton ton. That's that's what I want you to do next time. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I mean, a twenty-something-year-old gentleman writes a book called "I Hate Women Empowerment." Why? Ooh. Um, where do I start? Um, Woman, my brother, I grew up raised by women. Yeah. And I've had my downfall with women mm-hmm. from a parental side yeah. and also from a relationship side. Mm. So only having a man exist in my life when I was getting closer to my teenage years, mm. that's when I started learning the different genders. Mm. But women played a very great role in my life. And that's how I actually started. That's how I got the topic. So now mm. I hate women empowerment. One day I was in a lecture, mm. in a lecture room with with my lecture and we were just talking about women empowerment altogether and it was on that day women's day and we were arguing hey guys women are getting all the jobs <laughs> we we got a we got a piss job at at the department of justice and we were doing ca- data capturing on the varsity yeah so you now we had all these women 
about 20 women or just three us guys. Jeez. And I just, okay. see my women are getting all the jobs. Mm. So, you know, out of nowhere, my lecture just blurted out of nowhere and said, I hate women empowerment. But unfortunately, we we're not aware that he was actually going through a divorce. Oh, so now I write a letter. There's a letter he sent me, which I put in, in the book there. Mm. It states the reason why he said that. Mm. It's not necessarily that he hates women, but the misconception of what women empowerment is about. Okay, fantastic. So, um, so again, going back to the fact that you are 20 something and, um, you, you're saying that Certain jobs, when you ch- when you look around, it seems like, wow, women again, women, women, women. Three guys get employed versus twenty women. Yep. So, do you feel like uh, at, um, the the what the me- the corrective measure that is trying to be established with women empowerment is um, tilted the scales a little too much to the other side? Not at all. Not at all. Actually, yeah. it's for our own benefit, and uh-huh. I'm not necessarily talking about men. Mm. But the general community mm. You see now If you empower a woman There's absolutely no doubt That the family will be empowered Oh, when there's when you empower ab- a man There's a doubt? <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily with the men But if you look at it In a broader vision I'm not saying that women Were born differently But a woman's responsibility You can never shun it away From raising her children mm. And from ensuring that She provides the very same things to her son or her daughter that she got provided for as well so they can have a better life. So now, if you look at women empowerment altogether, you realize that it's actually meant to solve communal setbacks. It's not meant to put people on an equal scale. Mm. No, not at all. It's actually meant to solve communal setbacks. That's it. Yeah. Uh, well, I see that uh, in in the end that you you do say in the book that I do not wish uh, women empowerment to have po- I, I do not wish women to have power over men, but over themselves. Yes, I do not wish women to have power over men, but over themselves. The whole point of that is that you need to stop blaming men for your own problems, mm. for the very same problems you created. There are women who complain that they're not getting jobs because of men. Yes, it's true, but not entirely. I mean, if you really look at the most successful female CEOs or parliamentary leaders, if you go and check at the background, you learn that hey, they don't take crap. They, they, they don't take nonsense from anyone. They're pit bulls. And that's how actually a woman is supposed to look at it, is that you should not place all your blame on men, but really focus on yourself. I mean, there are so many examples that are stated in the book of different types of leaders, from Sophie Daba to Kwasazana Zuma to Helen Zeller that you so-called, that people claim that she's racist, to so many examples that are stated in the book of women who've done great things. I mean, I'll tell you about my aunt. She's 76. She was in England for seven years. She came back. She built a farm with her own hands at the age of 75. Mm-hmm. Today, she has about nine employees. And you're telling me that there's a reason to blame men for not getting what you want. Absolutely not. If you've got talents, gifts, skills, and you keep improving them, I can assure you that you will get the empowerment that you deserve. Mm. Would you rightly, rightly think that you deserve? Would you, would you, can I ask a question? Would you, um, agree if I said, or what's your take in terms of, um, women having a challenge to either, um, grow and, and progress with, with, within whichever field it is, but obviously facing the challenge of the fact that, which, that those particular fields are other male dominated, which creates a bit of a, like, I don't know how, like, 
a, a bit of a challenge for them to be able to maneuver yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah, and yeah. also contribute to the fact that yeah. women need to be empowered. Yeah. You see, it's, it, it's, I don't, I stayed in the book that you've got two options. It's either become great at what you do or you keep complaining. The divining point will be how great are you at what you're doing. If you want to be a female boxer, you should tell yourself, I'm, I'm actually going to be able to fight against men and beat them up. Now, the introduction of the book, I use a history. The, there are women back then who are called the women of Mano Benin. They were actually soldiers who used to take care, who used to guard the palace in Benin. Mm. And their the sole responsibility is to protect the king. They were, they were known as the best soldiers in Africa. No one could touch them. Wow. And that was their sole responsibility to protect the nation and the kingdom. So now, how good are you at your job will determine how far you can go. If you really think that you deserve this, then you have to fight for it. Yes, there are challenges whereby they will give a man simply because he's got something different to a woman. But it, dep- it, it, it really will, de- will be de- defined by how good are you at your job. If you keep complaining that, no, this guy got the job simply because he's a guy, th- trust me, you are, you're, you're, basically wish- you're basically crying for, for attention. That is not necessarily. But if you really focus on actually becoming really good at your job, trust me, we are going to root for you. At the moment, right now, I'm in a program whereby I'm giving opportunities to women. Every single project that I embark on, if it needs some sort of skill, I try and involve women. But I don't focus on that. I just focus on how really good are they at their job. And that's where my focus is. Now, there's two things here to, to just um, highlight on. Firstly, I, I was having a conversation with a friend that is, um, you know, she's heavily, invo- heavily involved in politics. And she was saying that, you know what, sometimes you get into the, the, the boardroom and no matter how good you are as a woman and you, you, you're brilliant in what you, in your, in your content and so on. And you, you come and you deliver really hard hitting points and so on. But they, they see your, well, she used some really graphical ways to put it, but like they, <laughs> they see, they see your organs before they see your content. Like the, before they hear you out, they first see that it is a woman speaking. Yeah. And therefore, sometimes what happens is that you get into an environment and the first thing on people's minds is who's going to get her first. Yeah. Before it is about, hey, let's listen to what she has to say. So what I'm trying to say is that there's all this other, all these other challenges that society really just has. And, um, and I mean, you, you can't necessarily just say that women alone um, just, just based on how excellent they are, um, is enough for, for, for them to, you know, to get, to get going. Does your, do, do you, do you maybe appreciate that fact in the book that, yeah. um, you know, it, women don't uh, yeah. have a bit of a, you know, have the workout out for them? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, returning to, to, to what I'm saying in the book, that a lot of times men have been completely unfair. They've taken advantage of the fact that they have, Stronger physical power against women, right? But I make an example of Mama Daphne Ngozi, mm. the richest woman in South Africa. She says so many times that she would walk into a boardroom and men would chit chat and talk in secret and say, Here she goes again. Here she comes again. Oh no, she's about to say something. Mm. But look at where she is. She had to irritate them, bruh. 
She had to irritate them. You have to cry to get it. You have to punch them if you have to to get it. That's how far you can possibly go. You'll never get it by complaining and hoping that one of them understands. But you actually have to fight for it. You have to actually fight for it. Sorry for that call. But yeah, you actually have to fight for it. You need to tell them that, listen, I'm not going to cry about this because I'm a woman. But look at my job and look at his. What is the difference? And you're telling me you're going to give it to him simply because he's a male. Absolutely not. But look at my work. Look at my work and convince them. That's how we're going to get it. That's how we're going to get away with everything. Yeah. yeah. So, but how far do you think South Africa is, and maybe even the the country, the the continent is, when it comes to you know gender equality, when it comes to appreciating that women are you know are just as capable, or if if that is what you want, because I obviously you you trying to say you don't want them to have power over men, but over themselves. This is a an interesting dilemma in itself. So, d- does that mean you don't want a woman to have power over you? <laughs> <laughs> what an interesting question I never I never saw that <laughs> But uh, I don't want women To have power of me Yeah And this is not a A male ego Anything What is it? Nothing It's just Equation Equal Equality Oh you want uh, Equality You want them to, to be equal Yeah To to be equal There's Looking at it generally For women To have power over men It's It's not Hard bruh if if we look at a simple relationship where a woman has more money, <laughs> yeah. the guy is automatically shattered. I'm not inf- I'm not saying everyone is like <laughs> automatically that. Automatically shattered. But he his ego he's gonna have to nurture it in such a way that he has to accept that the woman is the breadwinner. You understand? And I speak about that a lot. That it's gonna be completely difficult in the future for men to accept that women earn more than them. Mm. But you need to accept that money is not the actual factor. When it comes to relationships and provision But it's actually how you look at your relationship If I've got debt And you're my wife who earns more than me Guess what? It's your responsibility to offer pay my debt If I'm unable to pay for it right? So that's how we should start looking at it Is that when we're equal We are a better team It's not about who has more power Who has more money But what do we both can contribute to our own lives That can make us better yeah. yeah. So what do what do you think um when it comes to uh these two these two numbers uh a guy is is not supposed to have a number lower the, these in these particular numbers a guy is not supposed to have them lower than the woman uh age or the bank account or both of them. <laughs> Repeat that. Again. So for instance let's say we we talking about the the numbers how big the numbers are. Yeah. A guy's numbers are not supposed to be lower than the woman's numbers when it, when it comes to age or a bank account or both of them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. My my I'll make an example of myself. My former relationship. Yeah. My woman was older than me. How much older? Two years older than okay. me. Okay. But I had more than her. You had more money than her. Yeah. yeah I had more than her. But you know, never in a relationship did I ever feel like. She wants to assert the age gap thing on me. Mm. Never. And even when I was completely broke and she had money, mm. she never really asserted that on me. Right? Simply because it's how you how you were raised up and your openness to how you look at relationships and weight concerns num weight concerns numbers. If my wife has more than me, I'm gonna have to adjust my male ego or my or my or my males and whatever you might call it, mm. so that I can accommodate her 
And then she will see it Trust me She will see it Some may not Simply because They look at things differently Maybe it's because They've been taught That you know what uh, uh, Yeah I mean I can't earn more than my husband I need to get a job That pays lower In fact psychologically It's been shown That women Some women Are not comfortable Knowing that they earn More than their husband They would rather get a cheap uh, A lower salary than them which is completely absurd because they're missing the point that it's not his money, it's not your money, it's our money. And that's how they should look at it. It's not about who has more, who has less. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's our money. Yeah. Hey, it's it's tough though when you when you say those type of things because um if you were always the hard working, ambitious one and you did all this stuff, you know, and uh and they were you know, less of those. They were the passion the passengers in the relationship. And then the passenger is the one that made the offense that are, that made you now have to divorce, right? Now whose money is it? Like here's an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you and this girl are seeing each other. Mm-hmm. You, this ambitious man. You write books. You do this. You do that. And you bring in three million rand this year, right? Okay. And she was just chilling, pretty much like peace job, nyana, or maybe not a peace job, but like a, you know a very mediocre job compared to yours. And she didn't really make that much money. Maybe she contributed. 35,000 this year. That's how little money she really made. You know, she was going in and out of jobs because she knew that it was comfortable. You made more money. She just had to shop and stuff. She had to spend the money that you make. Now you guys are divorcing, right? And you're divorcing because she cheated. Now, is it your money? Is my money? My money is your money? Half, half. It's our money. I love this interview. <laughs> or what, what, how is it now? Wow, man. Wow. I'm, I'm happy asking me these questions. Seeing that you also referred to Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. There's a book I referred to as well there. It's called, uh, Other People's Money. He speaks about asset protection that signing you have to be forefront with your wife. I know it's going to be difficult, but it will, it will also teach her not to relax. You have to tell her that we are not going to sign anything called community of property. Mm. My assets are my assets. Your assets are your assets. My liabilities are your liabilities. My, liabil- my liabilities are mine and those are yours. If you tell her from the get go, then she will learn that she needs to wake up. Mm. There are many instances where women are sitting at home and the husbands have everything but they've got countless relationships outside and she's stuck in the marriage because there's nothing there's nothing that you can do because the man is the sole provider Mm. so my whole point is don't relax if your man is earning three million try your best to actually put in 1.5 try your best at least you'll be able to support yourself you know there's a woman i go to church with man she had a rich husband and she got divorced Two months down the line, she bought a house. That's how f- how well prepared she is. Mm. And she empowered herself as well. She yeah. didn't wait for husband to provide for her. I mean, that's always, that's financial suicide, bro. You're setting yourself into a trap. I'm not saying you get married to get divorced. But get married to prepare for anything. Mm. Be sure that one day maybe something might happen. I know my husband loves me, but I also need to love myself. And that means protecting myself. And that's what asset protection is, protecting your assets. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, don't you think that, uh, uh, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting the way you say it because some people, 
uh, when you start bringing up a community of property, that those type of things, you know, because it's still in the lovey-dovey mode and you're saying, okay, now listen, baby, uh, we're going to sign a prenuptial agreement. And then she's like, ah, don't you trust me? What? You know, <laughs> so so when it gets to those things, how how does one then, uh, you know, how do you steer away from those type of awkward awkward vibes? You know, I'm writing my second book. Yeah. It's called No Romance Without Finance. Mm. And I talk about that stuff. (laughs) My brother, I think you're touching really sensitive things. But anyway, continue. (laughs) Yeah. And I say in the book that especially when it comes to divorce, you just, every guy, whether I know Mm. you, prepare, protect your assets. You're not being stupid. You're being clever, Mm. right? If your woman wants to be taken care of, ensure that you write her name in the will. That's how she'll be safe. If anything happens to me, those assets are in her, they're not necessarily in her name, they'll be given to her. But if we separate, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. You're being, you're simply being clever. I mean, it's completely unfair that I go to work so hard and yes, I'm going to provide for you. You wake up in the morning, open the fridge, there's cheese, there's peloni, you eat every single day. But now you tell me that you want to leave me. And then now take away the rest of the stuff that I've worked for. <laughs> but that's insane. But you have to be, you have to be honest with yourself and be honest with her. You have to tell mm. her from the get go that look, I'm not doing this on my own, but do not cheat on me. And if everything goes well, all these things will be yours when I'm gone. That's how <laughs> when I'm look, gone. Can I just say something? <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's a very tricky one, and I think I say this because we're living in such a, a, a you know a very tricky time, and you know faithfulness and relationships, um, <laughs> you know divorces, you know loyal marriages, you know it's it's a very tricky one because I think there's more divorces than obviously people staying together and being married, yeah. unless if they are married, you know it's a matter of just for the sake of kids or just for the name of yeah, it, yeah, or correct, really correct, there's no. Correct. Room for them to separate mm. So it's it's a bit of a tricky one When you talk when you say it like that Because there are some people that say Yo, um, if I tell my wife Maybe for some reason You know, she'll either plan Or plot to kill me Especially when you talk about Big, big figures And a lot of money That is involved in the relationship Yeah What do you have to say In terms of that kind of a setup? You see it. I say it in the book I do not wish women To have power over men but to have power over themselves. It's it's high time they learn that in such cases, you also empower yourself. You can't sit at home. Bro. Don't read. Don't mm-hmm. study. I'm not saying go to work, but you don't empower yourself at all. I mean, there's so much free information that can actually make you get what you want in life. Bro. You don't have to go to work. You can trade Forex, whatever it is. But at least... Prepare yourself for anything. Empower yourself, especially where it concerns money. I mean, I've seen so many divorces. And the woman leaves with nothing simply because she didn't prepare. She was in love, levered, unprepared. And then when the divorce came, she had nothing. But the guy was clever enough to protect his assets, to ensure that they're not going to sign anything that's going to make her take anything away from him. Simply because he was prepared. Mm. Well, that this is actually quite an interesting topic. It goes deep. I mean, now you can talk about whether woman empowerment and, and feminism is a is a westernized concept, or whether it is you know an African thing, or does it really originate with with Africanism? And it really goes deep. So maybe we might actually need more than just one show for this. So uh, yeah. hopefully we'll call you in <laughs> please, sometime please, next. Please. Um, so 
I mean, just the th- uh, the last few things really about the book. Can you just uh, mention what we can look forward to when we read this book, and and uh, what what would we who what what type of person is looking to bu- read this book and buy this book? This is for all men and women. Mm-hmm. Firstly, women will learn that it's high time bro, that they empower themselves. Yeah, and empowerment is not privilege. Do not confuse power with privilege. It doesn't mean if you are empowered, you are privileged. It's your responsibility to actually take care of the community and mm. yourself. And for men to accept that there's a change coming, to accept the things in the future that are going to be completely different. That it's 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 a what do you say? It's woman's turn now to actually make a change in this world. Yeah. That there's a greater need for women to make a change than there's men. Mm-hmm. The women right now, there are more women right now who are unskilled, unfed, uneducated, and there are more women than men. I mean, for every second guy that you see in the street, like at least two women for him. Yes, go go check it. That mm. statistics essay, right? And that means all those uneducated and unfed women, they're actually consuming more than they're actually producing. Mm. So they're actually consuming the world more into starvation. So all of them, if this is not a privilege point, it's just a matter they really need it's it's an urgent matter for them to be involved and be active citizens. Mm. Yeah. Well, that is uh, some uh, food for thought right there from Karabo Madia. He's proving once again that you don't have to be 50 or 40 to start writing a book. You can write a book when you're 20. Dun dun. 20, 20. Uh, <laughs> tell us again, where can we get a hold of you in terms of social media? You can get me on Facebook as Karabo Madia, K-A-R-E. B-O-M-A-D-I-A I'm also on Twitter as Karabo My Dear And also on Instagram Fantastic stuff Thank you very much Karabo For joining us It's been absolutely uh, Thought provoking And that's the type of stuff We like to talk about as well Thank you It's been another one Of those really short hours Of the week Thank you so so much For listening in And thank you very much For being part of the conversation So uh, we'll catch you On the Twitter streets And uh, that's the way Of course it's Hashtag Unplugged Radio Show So uh, say tell us What you think of the show Tell us what you think Of the guest And tell us what you think Of I Hate Women Empowerment <laughs> It sounds like Such a controversial topic But at least now, we've pretty much gotten to understand exactly where he comes from. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. My name is Weza. Weza, that guy, signing out. Cliffcentral.com.